Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. everyone's doing well welcome to another episode of full count chaos thanks for tuning in birdland always want to hear from you full count chaos at gmail.com of course on twitter at full count chaos we're all getting excited coming up on uh, october baseball so far i hope there's no problems that you're having downloading or listening to the new episodes uh, rolling over to the new network belly up network belly up sports network uh, i'm very fortunate to be on board they're great people uh, some new sponsors are coming up, some cool shit. You know how that is. Promo code DICKBAG. You can get 20% off. So I'll be throwing that out there soon, just trying to work out some situations with the contracts. Anyway, uh, speaking of getting in touch, there's a gentleman I'm going to go over here in just a minute. Pretty funny. Uh, an email that he wanted to share. The woman, the love of his life that he married, uh, her and her family, diehard Yankees fans. Oh, shit! So he shares an experience of what it's like being involved with a true nutbag of a Yankees fan. That would be a tough one. You know, meeting a beautiful, wonderful woman, and you're like, this is the one, and then you find out her and her family are Yankee fans, and you're surrounded by wackos. <laughs> so... I'll get into that in just a little bit. He sends over an email breaking it down of what that's like and the experience that he's had trying to get along with the family of him being a diehard Orioles fan and them being a Yankees fan. And it's fantastic. I mean, any Yankees fan that I get to talk to, which I don't see too many. I, I know a couple friends of mine who are Yankees fans and, oh, it's fantastic. Well, first off, currently the Orioles are 91 and 52. Uh, last night, the Yankees were officially eliminated from the AL East title. <laughs> and I don't think they're going to make the wild card playoffs either. So it's just a fantastic time right now in the world of baseball. The Orioles are going to make the playoffs and the uh, the Yankees will not. Also, the Red Sox are not going to make the playoffs. And uh, Blue Jays, I was looking at the wild card situation the other night. 
Blue Jays right now are a half game out. So right now, the AL leaders, American League, it's Orioles number one, Houston number two, and Minnesota number three. And Minnesota and Tampa are going at it right now. Of course, the Orioles and St. Louis going at it. And then, of course, after that, Tampa comes into Baltimore. That is going to be a playoff series. God damn, that's going to be thumping. Smoke weed every day. Because I saw last night on the game, they showed that Friday night is a sold-out game. That is, I think, uh, Adam Jones night. So, of course, that's going to be sold out. This is going to be a playoff atmosphere. It's going to be a playoff game, playoff series. And then after that, after the Rays, they go to Houston. Then they play Cleveland. And I think they have a couple games with the Nats and then the Red Sox. Now, Cleveland and Boston, they just want to ruin. They're just going to be spoilers. They want to ruin a good time for the Orioles and the fans. The Orioles have been there. You know, the end of the season, we look at the schedule. All right, Yankees, Red Sox. Hey, if we win two out of three against the Red Sox, we knock them out of the wild card. You know, shit like that. So they're going to be pumped up just as much as we're going to be pumped up. They want to play spoiler. We want to win. Ugh. It's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks, but that Tampa Bay series, oh boy, are you going? It's going to be a hot weekend. (laughs) Some crazy baseball coming up, but the Orioles 90 win mark for the first time since 2014, which was the last time they won the AL East. That was uh, the night that Adam Jones was running around pine fans. That was awesome. So these next couple weeks, man, baseball is going to be fun right now. And the Orioles, the offense, they are just on, uh, just revving on all cylinders. The pitching, ooh. I think I'm, uh, I'm just exhausted talking about the pitching. <laughs> I'm exhausted talking about Jack Flaherty. I'm exhausted talking about how the uh, starters make me nervous because Dean Kramer, the last couple outings he's had, it just... I don't know. So we've got a lot to talk about today. Again, want to hear from you. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Football started, by the way. That's fun. Flipping back and forth that Sunday because the Orioles had a game day against the Red Sox. Unfortunately, lost that game three to seven. But yeah, I was watching the Ravens game. I, I'm not sure why I'm seeing some fans feel you need to pick baseball over football or you're not a true fan. I saw a lot of that. I, I don't understand what that is. We can root for any team we want. It's it's a Baltimore sports team. We're all in it together. I I saw that a lot on Twitter. I, I don't even don't even talk to me. If you're watching football and you're not watching baseball uh, Orioles at the end of September right before the play you're not a true fan. I don't want to hear from you. I, I don't know what that is. Don't you stand there and judge me. A friend of the family uh, I'm sure you've seen him at Raven games. Real fan Dan. Uh, he was in our Ravens roost. Known him for almost 20 years. Again, friend of the family. He's the one at Raven games. When the Ravens score, he stands up and uh, does the R-A-V-E-N-S cheer. Sometimes takes off his shirt. But yeah, that's real fan Dan. He's a wild fan. Wild man. He loves the Orioles. He loves the Ravens. And I heard at the Ravens game, he took off his jersey, Ravens jersey, and had an Orioles jersey underneath and had the whole crowd chant, you know, O-R-I-O-L-E-S. Adam Jones showed up the Ravens playoffs. What was that, 10 years ago at Denver? You see all the time Orioles fans coming to Ravens game and vice versa. So I don't get what this is that I've been seeing coming uh, leading up to football. I don't want to hear from you. 
If you're watching Ravens football, you're not a true fan. You know, get shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from. If you are one of those, one of those people, love to hear from you. Why do you feel that way? Why do you feel that if on that Sunday, if, if we're watching football and going to Ravens game, I, I saw a friend of mine, Orioles podcast, friend of the show. He was at the Ravens game. Are you, if you listen to his podcast, are you done listening to it now? Oh, he went to the Ravens game on an Orioles day game. Like, come on. What is that? Speaking of football, holy shit. Aaron Rodgers carted off the field. What was that three or four plays? He's done. He's 62 years old. Oh, my God. The looks on the Jets fans. And that was an amazing game. I watched it till the very end. And that's why I don't bet. I tweeted that out. I said, this is why I don't gamble in sports, because the nuttiest shit happens. That was an insane game. Wild game. Seeing the Jets win, because when Aaron gets carted off the field, you're like, well, there goes their season, and they're about to get blown out 40 to nothing. God damn they pulled it out. Anyway, so yeah, football started. I'm excited about that. Watching the Ravens and watching the Orioles. I can do two things at once. I'm still a diehard Orioles fan and vice versa. So the Cardinals come to town. Orioles win the first game, 11 to 5. And they were after being down. They were being, again, they just continue to come. It doesn't matter. Look, if they're down 10 to nothing in the eighth inning, okay, I might be a little concerned. But you know it's coming. The number is now four to clinch a playoff spot. Like I said, that series against the Rays will absolutely be a playoff series and a playoff atmosphere, I'm assuming. That weekend, shit, Camden Yards is going to be thumping. And Hyde better throw every fucking double steal, suicide squeeze, every, any play he can come up with. You better just throw everything in the kitchen sink at him. The Orioles down four to five against St. Louis. You're thinking, God damn, guys, because you see, look, we're all doing it. Every game we're watching, we're watching the Rays game, whether it's on your phone, you're just watching the score. I'm pulling up an app where I can watch any game I want to, and I'm pulling up the Rays game. That's just how it's going to be right now. And we see the Rays are playing the Twins, which again, Twins are probably going to be in the playoffs because of the shit division they're in. But they're not that good of a team. And I kind of have a feeling the Rays are going to sweep the Twins. So the Orioles are down in St. Louis. Dean Kramer's not having a good night. He hasn't had a couple good nights. I hope he figures this shit out. Now is not the time to start shitting the bed. Look at our boy Fuji coming in lately. Hey, going to be talking about him in a minute here. (laughs) I feel bad. I feel like an ass. About a month ago, I'm like, enough with the Fuji show. I think I'm going to start saying that if a player is not doing well, it's like a reverse jinx. I think I'm going to come on the podcast and be like, oh, they got to let him go enough. He's terrible. He's awful. Because I feel like that's happened like two or three times this season. And all of a sudden, whatever player I'm talking about the next couple weeks, they're just playing their ass off. So any player that's having a bad time. So I'm going to do it right now. Dean Kramer, we need to let him go. He's terrible. They need to cut him right now. Send him away. (laughs) Hopefully that works. A little little reverse jinx there. Because down four to five and Cedric Mullins comes up to bat. Base is loaded. 
And he's been feeling his groove lately. He's been getting his mojo back. His last, what, 16 at-bats? He's batting 250. All right. Couple of bats I've seen lately at Cedric. It's like, oof, that was a rough one. What are you doing? So when he comes up to bat, of course, watching it with my wife. And what do I say? Oh, brother. <laughs> oh, brother. Here comes Cedric Mullins with bases loaded. Why can't we have Gunner come up or, or whoever? Boom! Grand slam. Of course, my wife always looks at me. Now she doesn't even say anything. She just gives me that look. That look of, you're wrong, apologize. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to start doing that. Bases loaded, whoever comes up to bat, I'm going to say it. Oh, God dang it. Worst batter that we could have come up bases loaded. I'm just going to continue because it seems like it's been working lately. Whether I'm yelling at my TV about a player or I'm talking shit on the podcast, they just start doing well. Maybe they all tune into this podcast. Maybe after the game, a lot of them, hey, did you hear what uh, Nate said on full count? Negative Nate, that asshat. You know, and they start telling everybody, what did he say this week? He's talking about Cedric Mullins. What does he do? It's a grand slam. Now, it's funny. You know, 95 miles an hour off the bat. The average home run off the bat in the, in the majors is 104. So he kind of, it looks like he used his six iron. He didn't have to use a pitching wedge. It wasn't like a Santander home run where he's getting out a sand wedge and it's a fucking 450-foot home run. I think it was like more of a six iron. So he makes it eight to five after that swing. Of course, I felt bad. Oh, great. Here comes Mullins. <laughs> and then the next inning, of course, Gunnar Henderson. What else can we say about him? He punches a 422-foot solo shot. His 25th home run of the season. A little fun fact here about Gunnar, other than he's the greatest ball player in baseball right now. Oriole players in team history to have 25-plus doubles and 25-plus homers as a rookie. Cal Ripken did it in 1982. Eddie Murray, of course, did it in 1977. And look who's on the list. Gunnar Henderson, of course, in 2023. Every night he's putting on a show. Defense off. I mean, there, what else do you say about Gunnar Henderson? It's really nothing else to say about him. Uh, rookie of the year. That conversation's over. And then you got Austin Hayes talking about a hot batter, hot shit, hot batter, hot defender. Did you see that catch Monday night that he made in left field? Holy hell, as my grandfather used to say, go to war. But he's turning it up. Man, last 53 at-bats, he's batting 321. In his last seven games, he's batting 333 with a 556 slugging. Austin Hayes, man, getting hot at the right time. But he may have saved the game against the Cardinals, hitting in left field. Looks like at first for a quick second, he looked like he was having a little trouble, like the, the ball was knuckling. Started just shooting to the left or to the right, whatever way you're looking at it. He goes over, makes a diving catch to end the inning because if that fell, oh, the game would have been a little iffy. Probably would have been a two-run game instead of a four-run lead, and Nolan Arenado was coming up to bat. So things could have got a little shaky. So I'm going to say Austin Hayes saved the game right there. But how many damn times have we seen that guy lay out and just make a hell of a catch? I don't know what was better. <laughs> that catch or him busting that beach ball. Oh, my God, that was fantastic. And not only was it funny, it was in Boston, and it was a Boston fan. Hell yeah! Uh, if you didn't see it, they're playing in Boston. And I don't know why people bring a beach ball 
I don't know why anyone does anything to distract anyone from watching the game. The wave hitting around a beach ball. I see that a lot in Angels games. Those West Coastians oh, over there. Uh, the Angels game. Uh, my brother-in-law went. He said the same thing. Yeah, they just knocking around beach balls or doing other stuff, not even watching the game. So a beach ball, I guess, was getting bumped around at Boston. I've never seen that at the Red Sox. Those fans seem like they're zoned in on the game. As much as I can't stand those fans, they're there to watch the game. But somebody brought a beach ball. I guess it's because, look, Boston's out of it. They're not going to the playoffs. So all the series fans are selling their tickets you know, to the, to the moms who want to take their little boy. We've never been to a Red Sox game. Sure, we'll buy your seats way up upper deck for $300. Why not? Anyway, beach ball goes on left field. Normally, you'd think player runs over, tosses it back to the crowd, runs back, play ball. <laughs> Austin says, fuck this beach ball. He just busts it, jumps on it with his spikes, obviously. Throws back the flat beach ball and and he has a smile on his face the whole time. And Ben McDonald's like, Well, that you're not gonna get many friends doing that. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck about making friends, especially in Boston. That was great. I watched that over and over on Twitter like that night. I was sending it to everybody who I figured didn't see the game. Oh, it was great. So hats off to Austin Hayes. I think MVP of the year for that, just for that play. And they showed the Boston fans when he gave back the beach ball. They were pissed. (laughs) It was fantastic. Loved every second of that. Oh, boy. All right. I want to get to this uh, email here. And by the way, John Means returning. I don't know if this episode, I might watch John Means pitch and then go back and edit the end of this podcast and talk about it. I don't know. Because right now, it's right before John Means is going to pitch returning to the Orioles, perfect timing after seeing Jack Flaherty, his last five outings. Again, I've, I've talked about Jack Flaherty before on here. I think we all have the same opinion about Jack Flaherty. His last postgame interview, he's like, well, I'm going to figure it out. No, I, I don't think we're going to give you time. I don't think they're going to give you time to figure it out. It wasn't just one bad outing. Five bad outings in a row. So no more energy talking about him. So John Means starting to return, returning the perfect time. And they're asking John, they say, how do you feel? He says, I just want to win a World Series. That's all I want. That's what's on his mind right now. August 10th, he made his first rehab outing with Double A. Over six starts, he split between there and Triple A. He gave up nine runs in 21 and two-thirds innings with 22 strikeouts. He pitched it in the fifth inning in each appearance uh, with the tides building up to 86 pitches. Of course, I'm just reading this right now, looking at my notes. Sometimes I just get lazy and I read. <laughs> just read the notes. Building up, let's see, he got to 86 pitches before completing five innings on 67 pitches. Wednesday, this is uh, the week before he's coming out. He threw bullpen session Saturday at Fenway Park. Uh, he says that he feels really good. His body feels good. Pitches feel good. So John Means coming back Tuesday, and it just sucks. Dean not getting through four innings. Or he got into the fifth, but... Hyde came out and got him because you're thinking, man, you know, John Means isn't going to go long. We need our bullpen. It's like, God damn, Dean. Worst time to shit the bed. It was a third straight game Monday after Monday that starters went less than six innings. Not a good time for these starters 
to uh, uh, get into that pattern. All right, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Gentleman by the name of Thomas from New York City. He uh, basically, in the beginning of the email, he breaks it down about how he's married into a uh, uh, married a, a woman whose wife and family they're big Yankee fans. I'm kind of giving you the cliff notes and leading up to where it actually starts of what's going on with Thomas and this nutbag. <laughs> Not his wife. Not calling his wife a nutbag, but you'll see. So he says, my wife's father is one of the biggest diehard Yankees fans you'll ever meet. Unfortunately, he's also one of the most dramatic and emotional fans on the planet. The first day I met him, when my wife and I just started dating, he almost punched me in the face because I said Derek Jeter was overrated in my opinion. I'm not kidding when I say he almost punched me in the face. His daughter and wife literally had to pull him away from taking a swing at me. It was so awkward and embarrassing watching that scene go down. We left minutes later. I know my wife was extremely embarrassed. I wish I could blame his temper on alcohol, but this guy doesn't drink or smoke. He's just an emotional and stressed out Yankees fan. He has a thick New York accent and always wears his Yankees hat, even when he goes to a fancy restaurant. I also learned that the hard way. I refuse to watch games with him anymore. He's a hothead when they win, and he's a hothead when they lose. He'll call me when the Yankees beat the Orioles, but he won't even answer any texts or talk to his daughter for a week when the Yankees lose to the Orioles. I tried to play nice with this guy but I've learned to keep my distance from that lunatic. I currently live in New York with my wife and two kids, but we live about three hours away from her folks. Thank God. There have been moments where I've mentioned to my wife, I think he needs professional help and asked her to never leave me alone with her dad during a sports game. I've seen him break at least five TV remotes while watching baseball with him. Not kidding. He throws them across the room and they bust against the wall or window, whatever they hit. He says he's a calm guy when there's no sports involved in the day, but as soon as he disagrees with someone's sports opinion or his team is losing, get the fuck out of there because he might kill somebody. We met up with our folks a couple weekends ago and my mother-in-law called me begging me not to bring up baseball knowing the Yankees are not good this season. <laughs> He says, I wanted to so badly say something to him, knowing how terrible the Yankees are, but I wanted to live long enough to see my kids graduate. I promised her I wouldn't say anything, of course, and we actually had a nice dinner that night while he was wearing his blue faded Yankees hat at the dinner table. After each beer I drank that night, it was becoming extremely difficult not to want to take a jab at a sore loser Yankees fan, but I promised my wife and her mother, so I didn't. Once the Yankees are officially eliminated, I will be sending him a short little text that reads, get him next year, just before he goes to bed. Yes, Thomas, thank you very much for the email. Appreciate that. Appreciate you sharing those fond memories you have of your lunatic father-in-law. Holy shit. And you're not kidding. Thank God you live, what was it, three hours away from that lunatic? Holy shit. It's amazing what sports does to people. I've said it before on here many times. Sport fans were crazy. There's a level of crazy we all are. And what's even crazier, in my opinion, when I speak to people who don't watch sports, you know, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't understand why you guys get so excited about sports. That, to me, is even crazier. 
I feel like, you know, a, a robot not computing, don't understand what you're saying. And I just, you know, smoke coming out of my ears. I start shutting down. But then on the, uh, the other hand, <laughs> you got guys like your father-in-law, this fucking psychopath who <laughs> almost hit you because you stated a fact. Okay, I'm going to say it. Derek Jeter is overrated. It's a fact. Fuck out of here. That's probably why he wanted to punch you because he knows. Yankee fans know Derek Jeter, the most overrated player in all of baseball. You always see the highlight of him grabbing the ground ball, jumping the other way and throwing across his body. Shit. Gunnar Henderson and Mateo, I think, have done it like 15 times this season and they've done it 10 times better. Thomas, I feel for you, man. I mean, I, I wonder, I want to know how your wife feels about this. I mean, the first day you meet your dad, he's almost throwing punches at you, which I'm surprised you didn't say, fuck this. I don't need this shit. <laughs> I'm out of here. But again, when love hits you in the gut, hits you right in the heart, you know, even if you know that you're about to marry a woman who uh, her father's a maniac, it's just something about that love, man. It gets you. Sometimes it just, you don't, Whatever. I'll deal with that when I deal with it. But then when you deal with it, you wish you didn't deal with it. <laughs> what a fucking psycho. Throwing remotes. I mean, look, I think we've all been there before. Throwing remotes, kicking the wall, throwing shit. You know, that, look, gotta say, I haven't, I don't think I've broken five remotes, but I've probably broken one or two in my lifetime watching sports. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever wanted to punch somebody I don't think I, I turn into a complete lunatic and just want to fight everybody who's in the room. But yeah, he, he's also, I got to say, th- 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 it's a douchebag thing of he'll call you when the Orioles lose, but then he won't answer your calls when they win. I have friends just like that. Football. I have football friends that would do that. They were fans of the other team, and when the Ravens would play them and lose, they would want to just call and chat about the game. You want to just, oh, we're just going to have a good chat. Fuck you. And then when they win and I try to call them, you know, they forward right to voicemail. But damn, Thomas, good for you for, uh, good for you. I got to say good for you for taking the high road. I know your mother-in-law, which again, I- I'm surprised that your, your wife is still going, hey, let's go over to my parents' house and have a dinner. Even though you're, my dad's just a complete crazy, crazy fucking Yankees fan. I'm going to say good for you for not saying anything. Because right now, if I'm in the same room with a Yankees fan, oh, I'm going to have a blast, especially after a couple beers. (laughs) Oh, man. So good for you. Taking the high road. Hopefully uh, your wife thanked you in many ways for not making a scene while he's wearing his faded Yankees hat. I can just picture that with his New York accent, faded Yankees hat. (laughs) Oh, what a mess. Oh, thank you very much for the email, Thomas. Again, full count chaos at gmail.com. Always want to hear from you guys. Got another email from a friend of the show. His name's Ryan. He said, what's up, Nate? Thought I'd email while I'm sitting here after the 13 to 12 win against the Red Sox. Says, holy fucking shit. What a roller coaster. There's a lot to digest, but I want to know your opinion on Flaherty. I personally think he's the worst trade acquisition we've seen in quite some time. Dude has just flat out sucked and his attitude sucks. There's no way he can be in this rotation come the playoffs, right? Says, hope to see at the Rays next series. They'll be there Friday and Saturday, which I know a lot of people who are going to be there this weekend. I think I'm going to be there this weekend. Still trying to get a couple things worked out. Uh, But Ryan Flaherty, what else can we say? I mean, I wrote him back and just 
broke it down. I think he's just a head case. I don't know if he's dealing with an injury. Yeah, I think Elias is just going to have to take an L on this one. Don't know what their plan was. I don't know if they thought he was going to come on the rotation and actually bring this team to another level to be even better, or he was just going to be another innings eater and help out the bullpen. You know, not think he was coming on to be an ace, knowing that the bullpen arms are burning out. And he's like, look, man, I don't care. Oh, it's four ERA. Okay, bring him on. Just eat those innings up. I think he's a little bit of a head case. I think the reason he looks like he has an attitude is because he knows he's not doing well. He sucks. He's always sitting on the bench of the dugout. He's not up with the players, squirting water out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, shit. But, yeah, that 13-12 to 12 game in Boston, Ryan, appreciate the email. I think, again, we're all on the same page with Ryan Flaherty. But that game was just fucking ridiculous. 13 to 12 win. Here's what's crazier. Here's another example of why the Orioles are the best team in baseball. All right. And look, pitching gives up 12 runs and 23 hits. You never want to see that. You just don't, especially again, right around the corner, hitting the playoffs. 12 runs, 23 hits, but the Orioles still win. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I said it's a drinking game. If you see a tweet. You know, if I told you, this is a huge one. So I got to say it. If I told you that the Red Sox against the Orioles scored 12 runs and 23 hits, you probably would just walk out of the room and be like, oh my God, I can't believe they lost. No, they won. Every pitcher but Fuji that night shit the bed. Fuji comes out, retired all five batters he faced, got the game through the sixth inning. Do you know Fuji hasn't allowed a run in eight of his past nine appearances with no walks in his past 11 outings? Of course, that was before he <laughs> he pitched Monday. I'm laughing because Fuji, you know, Nolan Arenado's in the batter's box. Here comes Fuji. Fuji can throw 102 miles per hour. And I think he threw like 98, and it just sailed right over everybody's head. And Nolan's eyes just got real, real wide, like, holy fuck. And then the very next pitch, same thing. That was like eight feet in the air. Arenado's like, okay, do I have to stand in this batter's box? Can you just intentionally walk me so I can get the hell out of here? But, you know, Fuji calmed down. He got through it. But goddamn, giving up 23 hits. Orioles giving up 23 hits. The first winning team to surrender that many in a nine-inning game since 1930. That's what I'm talking about. The Orioles can give up 12 hits. I mean, 23 hits, 12 runs, and still win a game. Are you kidding? <laughs> that game was just a wild game to watch. I mean, anytime the Orioles play in Fenway, weird shit happens. And I think Ryan McKenna made up for that drop in the beginning of the season. He made a hell of a catch in right field. So I think he evened the score. Again, I think it's, it's funny that we're, we're still talking about Ryan McKenna being on the Orioles in September. But I think there's some Ryan McKenna fans out there. I saw, I see a couple McKenna jerseys when I go every every Orioles game. Some fans that like Ryan. But I want to hear your thoughts on this series coming up against the Rays. How do you feel? It's a four-game series. I mean, that that's basically, at the end of that series, in my opinion, I think that's how it's going to roll out. If the Orioles can end that series with at least being two games up over the Rays at that point, I think I think they're going to win the division. I know they got Houston. I know they're playing Cleveland. I know they got to play Boston again. 
But the way the Orioles offense, they're just playing on all cylinders right now. They're feeling it. They're just burning up. I just don't see them going into a four or five game losing streak. I've been, I feel like I've been saying that for a couple months now. I think Brandon Hyde is just going to do everything he possibly can to win these games. He's not farting around. As much as he doesn't want the bullpen arms to burn out, that starter starts shitting the bed, you're gone. Reliever, you're shitting the bed, gone. I think the leash that Brandon Hyde has on these pitchers in the next couple weeks are going to be real short. Anyway, want to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter at Full Count Chaos. And of course, like I say every week, anything on your mind, hit me up, Full Count Chaos at gmail.com. Till next time, see you.